Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, this is Kelly Sparta. I am filling in for Joey Sue who has got the month off because I wanted to give it to him because he's been working for three years without a time off and so we're going to give him a break. So this is Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. So if you're here for the first time, welcome aboard. If you are back for like your 50th time because you're binging, rock on, welcome. And uh, today... We, and I am the spirit doctor, and as you can tell, I, I suck at this. I am the spirit doctor, and I, uh, my name is Kelly Sparta, and uh, I'm here to talk to you about how to uh, really claim your gifts and step into the spiritual world with knowledge rather than fear. How about that? So today we're going to do another series, uh, another episode in our series of the mythology series. And with me, as always, for that is Kathy Shiren. Kathy. Yay! And my voice doesn't go up that high today. I had ice cream. It's not good. So, <laughs> how are you? I am doing well. So, all, all things considered. And uh, it's one of my favorite topics. So, woohoo! Yay! Yeah, it's a, this, is, this is our ballywick right here. So, we're, today, we're going to talk about crossroads, liminal states, and thresholds and how those interrelate and how they don't and what they mean and you know we'll we'll reference some mythological characters as we do but but mythology isn't just about mythology it's not just about um gods and goddesses and and creatures and whatnot it's also about the elements within those stories 
and the crossroads, thresholds, liminal states, these are all elements that exist in a variety of different stories and that gods and goddesses are associated with. I asked Kathy to come and talk to us because we work with liminal states on a regular basis. We work with thresholds and crossroads all the time because we do transformational work. And so while those exist in a variety of different fashions, we wanted to talk about them in their entirety so that you could get to see the sort of myriad of ways in which they appear. So, Kathy, do you want to talk about the crossroads for a minute? Sure, I can um, talk about crossroads. So the if you think about crossroads, you can enter them literally or figuratively. I mean, every time you come up to a corner and your GPS isn't working, you're at a crossroads and you're trying to figure out which way you need to go to get to the destination that you want. That's the, the literal way of crossroads and that those exist energetically as well um, in your path through life on the journeys that you are taking. Um, you're constantly faced with choices. Um, you're coming up to a point, do I, you know, something simple like, you know, do I stay in my current job or do I get other job offers? And if I have multiple job offers, which ones do I want? You're standing at a crossroads, literally a turning point for how your life is going to move forward from this point in time. These places of choice are very human. And as a very human existence peace, we have, of course, lots of different gods and goddesses that have been assigned to them because when we're in that place, the crossroads, what do we do? You know, where do we go? Do what kind of guidance can we get? What kind of, um, we want to look forward, right? You want to look down the path a little bit and see, well, would this be a good choice for me? And so there are a number of Greek deities that are associated with, um, with crossroads. There are Roman ones, there are Norse ones. Um, speaking of that desire to know what comes ahead, uh, Odin, who was one of the Norse gods, actually plucked out his eye and put it into the other world so that he could see things that he didn't have otherwise access to and could get information that would help guide him on his journey and along the other things that he was doing. So, um, Hecate is another uh, goddess from the, she's from that Greek tradition. Um, she's a three-faced goddess. Um, apparently they didn't, they had more three pathways coming together than four, but her three faces were to keep an eye on all three paths leading to the crossroads. And when you encounter her on your journey, then you're at that place of, I have to make a decision. I have multiple choices. What do I do? Right. That's what being in the crossroads is like. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing about crossroads is that they usually don't come with any instructions. And so a lot of it's about trusting your gut and hoping you get it right. So, you know, <clears throat> when you are dealing with a crossroad in your life, the best you can do is the best you can do. And there's only going to be so much information. I was uh, I was reading something uh, the other day from someone who was uh, interviewing a billionaire, and I can't remember which one it was. So sorry. But they said that, you know, how do you make your decisions? And what he said to them was, I make my decisions when I have 40% of the information that I would ideally like to have. 
And he said, because if I wait until I have 90% so I can be certain that I will be behind the times and I will be not able to make the decision fast enough to keep up with where things are going. And so if you are standing at a crossroads and uh, you think that taking advice from billionaires might be a good idea, then 40% (laughs) is a great number. And I'll tell you, you know, I mean, in my life, in my experience, you know, I tend to just go with my gut and it tends to take you where you need to go, even if it's not necessarily where you wanted, where you thought you wanted to be. So um, your guides are often, will often give you some advice there too. But, uh, you know, we've talked about crossroads and, and transformational work is also a crossroads sort of thing sometimes because we're trying to decide if we're going to move forward or we're going to stay where we are right? That's sort of the starter state of a transformational experiences. Do I want to change? Yes or no, right? And that's a crossroads decision, but it is not a threshold decision. And we'll talk about that after we get through the liminal state stuff. But um, liminal states are a little bit different. Liminal states exist in a lot of different places. And so, For instance, uh, a liminal state can be the Arceus, right? The Arceus is actually an alchemical term for that liminal space between physical reality and the energetic world, and technically the astral, right? And so it's that, that liminal space in between the two where energy comes into form. And so... That is a liminal, liminal threshold, right? It's a liminal state right in there. And so when you are bringing energy into form, it has to go through that Arceus. And so another liminal state is the realm of Morpheus and going to the realm of Morpheus, the god of the dream, right? For those of you who recognize that name, yes, the Matrix used a god from actual mythology um, to represent the dream. And so when we're in that liminal state between waking life and the dream life, we are in that liminal experience. It is the the crossing over point between one state of being and the other. That's what liminality is. And so it can be the transition from life to death. It can be the transition from waking to dreaming, the transition from energy to form or from form to energy as we uh, as something is destroyed and, and goes back into its energetic form. Um, There are many places where liminality exists, and there are many gods and goddesses that rule over those. You know, uh, Hecate, again, as well as Hermes or Mercury, are considered liminal gods and goddesses, um, and they were known to ferry souls back and forth from the, the realm of the dead. Um, in fact, uh, in, in the story of Persephone, uh, Hades, or not Hades, Hermes and Hecate are both uh, illustrated as guiding Persephone back from the underworld when she came back. And uh, if you go into the voodoo traditions, uh, Pavalegba is known as a liminal god or a loa in that tradition. And uh, Baron Samdi, same thing. Uh, liminal, liminal gods, liminal Loa. And 
there are many other places where liminality is covered. So any any god or goddess you can think of that is transitioning states for people is going to be a liminal god or goddess. And so when you're in that place of you're trying to transition from one state of being to another, if you're asking for help, you'll want to reach out to one of these gods or goddesses if you want to work with gods and goddesses. Um, your your spirit animals can be helpful as well, but you want to think about the ones who might be relevant for that. So, for instance, snake. Snake regularly sheds its skin, sort of dying to itself and then coming back to life, right? Um, possum, which goes into a, a dead, you know, plays dead, right? Bear, who goes into hibernation and comes back out again. These are good uh, animals that you might use for traversing liminal states. Let's talk about threshold, Kathy. Well, actually, I wanted to add one other thing about the liminal states, and that is that um, there's a number of agricultural deities because the the transition from seed to crop is um, is a longer term liminal state, but it's also considered in many cultures to be a liminal state, and you know, the transition between this is the seed and this is my food and how that um, unfolds over time. So the liminal states are um, everywhere. And it's kind of like the the Vesica Pisces of existence, you know, the two overlapping spheres and the, the part in the middle that um, exists in both spheres at the same time is you've got a foot in both worlds. We're actually um, headed into one, I believe, tomorrow because, uh, well, I shouldn't say tomorrow because I don't know when this is going to air, but... Um, It'll be last week by that time, yeah. Okay, well, um, but when you when you look at the the various cross quarters, you know, the and the autumnal equinoxes and the solstices, those are also liminal states. They're a point at which things are shifting um, from uh, equal day and night or from the longest day Um, beginning into the, you know, increasing darkness or from the longest night into increasing day. They aren't crossroads per se, but they are that, that overlapping of liminal space. Yeah. Phases of the moon, an ongoing liminal state from day to day, right? The, the rising and setting of the sun is a liminal state, right? Dawn and dusk. Yeah. So liminal states can be found in a lot of places, but it's, it's not a term that you often hear outside of magical construct discussions. And that's because they, these are the spaces that have transformational power in them because they are transformational spaces, right? And so um, if you were to do something transformational, then you might want to do it at dawn or at dusk, right? Depending on what way you are trying to transform something. So if you want to bring something into fruition, you do it at dawn. If you want to send something away, you do it at dusk, right? Same thing with the waxing of the moon and the waning of the moon, right? Same concept. So um, these are the, the sorts of things that you have to think about. What we're trying to do in these sessions as we talk to you about mythology is we're trying to to not only give you an understanding of the different cultures and how the the um, the the deities overlap because they do they overlap a lot, but we're also trying to give you 
a working knowledge of symbology and then the, the ability to speak the symbolic language. Because if you hope to work within the spiritual realm, you have to speak the language of symbolism because your guides will often talk to you in that language. Ghosts and creatures and entities will often talk to you in the language of symbology. And so the more symbology you understand, the more of the mythology you know, the more likely you are to be able to interpret the messages that are handed to you over time. So we've talked about the crossroads and about making a decision. Do I go right? Do I go left? You know, do I go up? Do I go down? Do I choose to change? Do I not choose to change? And now we've talked about liminal states, which is, you know, I'm in transition from one state to the next. You know, what we didn't talk about, though, is how do you how do you be in a liminal state? Right. What do you do when you're in a liminal state? And so, you know, I, I didn't tell Kathy we were going to talk about this. Uh, so I'm going to say my side of it so she can think about it. <laughs> because I just came up with that. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. See, that's Joey's popping into my head to ask me a question. <laughs> he's not here, but he's here. So in a liminal state, what I tend to do is I tend to, it's, it's kind of like, if you think about a liminal state, like being on an escalator, you the you are moving while you're in a liminal state there is no stillness in liminality there is there is transition in one direction or the other but standing still in a liminal state is not i mean it, it, there is no full stillness in my experience of it and Kathy you may your your mileage may vary but um you personally can be still and in fact i recommend that you personally be still but that the liminal state itself, the, the movement you were making through it, will carry you through, much like an escalator will carry you in the direction that you were going when you stepped on it. And so, you know, the less you move around, the less likely you'll go tumbling down the escalator, right? So it's it's kind of like that in my in my perspective of it. It's a you don't try don't try and shift directions while you're in it. Just be with it until you get to the other side sort of thing. That's that's sort of my thought on it. What's your thoughts, Kathy? Well, as you were talking, one of the things that occurred to me is don't drive when you're half asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's bad. Yeah. Well, we talked about, you know, that there's a liminal state between awake and asleep. And people who drive tired are often in that space. And they're also in a multi-thousand pound moving vehicle. So... It's it's a very bad idea um, to recognize, you know, to, to be in that kind of motion while you're transiting a liminal state. It's kind of like pull over, go to sleep. But in terms of some of the other liminal states, um, you know, we talked about the transitioning between life and death. I mean, uh, clearly uh, that happens for some people every day. Um, in the physical sense, but there are also the transitions between life and death of um, who you used to be and who you are becoming, the old you dying away, the new you um, coming into fruition. Exercising, right? If you if you go into an extra, when you're, it sounds kind of weird, but um, when you are in the process of reconfiguring your body, 
right? You're, you're exercising, you're shifting your body chemistry, you're shifting your muscle mass, you're um, in this process of creating um, a new you by your, uh, by your habits, by your patterns. Um, that's a longer state of liminality, but it is also something wherein you've, it, it comes back to what you said, standing in the crossroads and making a choice. And once you make that choice, then you are moving through a liminal state of transition, of, you know, riding the escalator from one level to the next, whatever it is that is that process. Um, What I have found helpful in that state is uh, to do something I call soft focus. And by soft focus, I mean, I'm not laser focused on getting clarity on any one particular thing. And I'm not holding on to an expectation or an attachment. It's my soft focus is creating an openness um, for things to emerge from the symbology you mentioned previously to show up for things to, to show me their meaning in the process of, of moving through the liminal state rather than of trying to focus in on, well, this is what this means, or, you know, I read a book and this is what that means. Soft focus is just holding open space for what needs to emerge to come forth. Yeah. And I agree with that entirely. When I, when I was talking about just being still, yeah, that really is a better description of it than I was giving, but yeah, that's exactly what I do. It's, it's that sort of space of just being with and waiting for what ev- emerges, right? Not even in curiosity so much as just being. Yeah, openness. Okay, so that's the liminal state. Now we hit threshold. Ah, hee hee to the funny farm. No, um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, Kathy and I are both initiatrixes so initiators initiator is the masculine and initiatrix is the feminine uh it's like executor executrix right same same sort of thing but um we are both initiatrixes and so we actually initiate people from one state of being to the next and and the final stage of initiation is step through the threshold right it's it's like, okay, you're stepping through that doorway. We open the door, you step through it, right? That's how that works. When you cross that threshold, threshold is its own thing. It is, there, there is no going back, right? So if you want to think about it this way, you can think about it. People have near-death experiences, right? They, they die, they leave their body, and then they come back in, and they, they call that a near-death experience, And they have the experience of being in the liminal state between life and death, but they don't actually stay dead. Once you actually stay dead, you've crossed the threshold and now you're not coming back, right? But that's the difference. Near-death experiences are liminal experiences and crossing over is the threshold experience from which you do not come back. Okay. That's why yep. as initiatrixes, we lead you up to the door, but the choice to step over the threshold is yours because right. this isn't anything that somebody can or should do to you. This has to be your choice because who you are before you cross the door, the, the threshold, and who you are after you pass over the threshold are two completely 
can be two completely different people. You can have a massive change of perspective. You can completely um, see your world changing. You know, um, it may take a little while for the experience to sort of unpack. You know, it may be all downloaded at once and then it unpacks over time. Um, But your life may, you know, in six months look very, very different because of the that particular step of crossing the threshold. No take backs. <laughs> you know, this is uh you get to the other side and go, oh crap, I didn't want to do that. It's like you can't unring the bell. Not not in a threshold right. Not when you're crossing over into a different state of being. And that's why, you know, one of the things that I warn people about is like, you know, learning magic is a threshold experience. You can refuse to, it's, it's like learning how to read, right? And once you've learned how to read, you may refuse to read the signs, but you're still going to know what they mean, right? There's no going back from that. You can't unlearn reading. So just like you can't unlearn magic, you will, it, it will speak to you once you learn it. So you have to know that you want it before you step into it. Yeah, the, the threshold part of it is, um, Every, everything, the crossroads, the choice, the liminal state, everything leads up to the threshold. And it becomes the ultimate choice of, do I step across this or don't I? And there is no right or wrong here. You know, there is no, oh, chicken, you know, go on, go through the door. It's not that kind of a game. It's not a game at all, actually. It's, you know, are you ready and willing to make that step? to step into that new sense of self. It's an overdone analogy, but the the caterpillar once in the cocoon and turning into liquid goop to become the butterfly does not say, wait, <laughs> I, I wanted another couple of days on the, you know, outside, you know, munching on green stuff. Um, you know, once that step is taken, it's a permanent kind of thing. And the, I have seen people try and take it back. Um, I don't, Kelly, I'm sure you have too, to say, wait, I didn't want that. And man, does that screw up their lives. It, it, it's, it's just, it's so painful to watch when they try and do that. And it's like, you know, you'd be better off to stand in what you've chosen and find a good way forward than doing yourself the disservice of trying to go backward when you can't really do that. That's why they say you can never go home, right? Because you are not the person you were when you left. It's the reason why you can't go home because you won't be that person anymore. And so that, and therefore home is not going to be the same to you as it ever was before. And again, there's a lot of gods and goddesses who are, are keepers of the threshold, um, who are paying attention to those who stand there, gatekeepers, you know, some of them, yes. um, I've seen once before in ritual where they literally stand there with flaming swords, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Are you absolutely positive you want to do this? Um, yep. you know, this is, this is not something to be, oh yeah, sure. You know, just let me in. No, uh-uh. it has to be a profound choice that you make, um, that comes from a, a deep place within you that is about a truth that you are seeking or, a the journey that you are taking there's that's why they have all these gods and goddesses monitoring the doorways because they don't, they're there to turn away the curious, you know, oh, let me just poke my head in and look around, see if I like it or not. It's like, nope. Nope. 
Nope. Sorry, you can't do that. Swat. Swat. Right across the nose. Newspaper on the yeah. nose. Newspaper yeah. on the nose. Yeah. Um, flaming sword. You know, just kind of like, nope, back off. It's a powerful experience. I've been through a number of threshold, um, particularly in rituals. The uh, A lot of rituals take you up to the place where you have to make a choice, which is a threshold. And uh, when lots of times in designing ritual, that threshold place, uh, we call insert miracle here. <laughs> Seriously, because you can't, you can, you can lead people up to the door. You can give them all the prep work you want, but at some point, insert miracle here, they have to make a choice and they either have their aha experience um, because they move forward or they choose you know, to say, I'm not ready yet. And they don't, but um, that's, it's a, it's a mystery. It, it truly is the, the step of crossing the threshold um, enters you into a mystery that you cannot see the other side of until you have crossed it. I remember I was doing healing work on one of my fellow housemates in the magical house. And uh, all of a sudden I was channeling and the person I was working on said that I was suddenly eight feet tall and made out of gray stone. And I looked at her and I was like, so it's time for you to make a commitment. (laughs) And she was like, what? And basically, the entity that we came to know as Stone Man came to accept journeyman commitments. It was, you know, you're done being an apprentice. It's time for you to step into your journeyman self, you know, into the part of you that is is a higher level of mastery and to commit to your spiritual path in a new way and to step onto the, the pathway intentionally instead of the way that you stumbled into it when you came in as an apprentice, because that's what all of us do. We tend to stumble into it or we get dragged into it by spirit or we wake up one day and hear shit. And we're like, whoa, what happened? Right. You know, we stumbled into it but when when you hit that journeyman level there's a there's a step up and um where you where you choose the path for yourself and uh he came to accept commitments for that and it was very clear when he stood up and said what he said that if you said yes you were signing a contract with the universe <laughs> and there was no going back from it and it, it was an intimidating process when you made the commitment, though, you're you got a little turbo charge from the universe, right? Because you you lined your energy up behind that commitment in that process. That's what these rituals are so good at is they're so good at getting all of your energy lined up in one direction so that you can move forward powerfully. And that's what a threshold level experience is is it lines you up in in pursuit of whatever it is, in in the willingness to step forward and let go of everything that came before so that you can find what's on the other side, whatever that may be. And that's the other thing is that in a in a threshold, you have no fucking clue what is on the other side of that. None. And even if somebody told you, which they won't, But even if somebody told you, you still would not understand because your perspective is so different before you walk through the door than it is after you walk through the door that it's not possible to tell you what's on the other side. So think about that for a minute. (laughs) 
just occurred to me because I was, you know, thinking about the the gods and the goddesses and, and Janus being the, the dual-faced god of gates and doors and doorways and beginnings and endings. Um, and his name, Janus, is how uh, for, he was for whom January was named. The end of the year, right? We have in so many ways trivialized it. You know, we got a New Year's party, you know, dropping the ball. I'm not saying those things aren't fun, but there is a there's a really powerful energetic to the end of a year, to that ending. And the you know, we make New Year's resolutions and, you know, a huge percentage of us don't keep them because it's not actually a commitment. It's just kind of like, okay, one day to the next, a new year, whatever. But it, it seems to me like it, if you wanted to, at some point, uh, you could, you know, you, the listener, you, whomever out there, could reclaim the, the sacredness of that end of the year of Janus's, the, the god Janus, keeper of beginnings and endings and doorways, um, of the, the end of one year and the, the beginning of the next, and turn it into um, a true commitment like was given to Stone Man, a true um, stepping through a threshold into um, a new year in a way that is uh, drastically different than any year in the past. Yeah. And, you know, we're coming up on Samhain, uh, which will be the end of our Wheel of the Year series. And in the Celtic calendar, Samhain is the space between uh, Samhain starts the time out of time, which is the space between Samhain and Yule, where the Celts believe that you're not actually operating in normal time during that time frame. And so, you know, this one is, is particularly near and dear to Kathy's and my hearts because uh, she was born on or near Yule, depending on the year, and I was born on or near, near Samhain. And so we bookend time out of time, which is completely really cool for the fact that we are also people who do transformational work. So um, when we do it together, it's like, oh, right? So the, uh, the time out of time piece uh, is another place where if you chose to, you could make a commitment for that six week period and make a massive transition because it's time out of time. It can operate as fast or as slow as you want, right? So if you wanted to get a year's worth of work done in six weeks, you could. You'd pay for it, but you could. You know? um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's totally doable. So these are things to, to consider. And I know we're not giving you directions on this one, but we're three years in now, guys. Three and a half, okay? And if you've been listening since the very beginning, then you have gotten a certain level of adeptness. You've, you've gotten a certain level of understanding. And so we're going to talk to you about slightly more complex, complex concepts because you have the foundation to understand it. If you're new here, I would highly suggest you start at the beginning because it'll be really helpful. <laughs> um, but for those of you who've been around for the, for the whole run, go you for having some stick to itness and we're going to, we're, we're talking at, at deeper levels. And so we're giving you conceptual stuff that you can then take and make your own recipe book out of, right? We don't like to teach recipe type magic. We teach 
an understanding of culinary magic, <laughs> a culinary understanding of magic. Not We don't do culinary magic per se, although kitchen witchery, yes. But um, we're teaching you instead the understanding of how magic works, the different flavors, the different profiles, the, the different ways in which things go together and how things relate and what they're used for. And that is how you start to get the building blocks of understanding how magic works. And so that's really what we do. And um, because that way you are empowered to use it any way you want, instead of only using the recipes you've been handed, which is a far more limited way of using magic. So this is what we're talking about with the threshold. Gateways are huge. If you go to a ritual, the hardest ritual role to hold is that gateway. Because you're the one who has to decide whether or not somebody can come in, whether or not they're ready. And that requires getting out of your own head and out of your own beingness and and being able to tap into the energy and know that. So if you're looking at a ritualist in a gatekeeper role, know that they know their shit or they should if they're, you know, if they're doing work with anybody who has a clue it's the person the person at the gate is somebody who knows their stuff i was just thinking of um the old burn the boats line you know is that uh (laughs) talk about well i'm just saying you know it it was a threshold right you know it's there is no going back and he did that literally he had them burn the boats so that they could not sail back the only way to go was to go f- to march forward into a foreign land and conquer. Right. Um, right. Cortez. Right? Yeah. So the, yeah. Yeah. the, um, you know, when I think about that, I think about uh, if you're looking to create a bit of your own threshold, right. Um, what is the boat you need to burn? <laughs> you know, what's, what's the thing you need to let go of and, and not just say, well, I'll put it in the back of the closet. You know, I'll dig it out later if I really need it. It's truly the the cutting off of all other options and then moving forward into the the committed, into the new state of being. Okay. Well, we covered a lot. And uh, and so I think we're going to call this good. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you guys are, um, you know, I'm going to say this. The, the act of stepping into the Sacred Power and Purpose Mystery School is, in fact, a crossroads choice of do I want to change my life or not? It is a liminal state of choosing to set up the call and see whether or not it's a good fit. And then a threshold state of, okay, I'm going to commit. I'm in, right? That is all by itself, its own thing. So if you are sitting here going, wow, this stuff sounds really cool. And you've listened to anything else that we've ever done and resonated with the energy on it. Um, you know, by all means, set up a discovery call. You can find a, a, a link for the discovery call on Kelly kellysparta.com. Yeah, I can say my own name, really. Uh, kellysparta.com. And, um, and set up a discovery call and give me a shout. And yes, you actually do get to talk to me when you do that. And I'm going to ask you for what I normally do at the end of every call, Kathy. Ha ha, you're on the spot. Uh, it's a Kellyism is what Joey calls them. Uh, so just a, a one thought to wrap it all up. Whether you realize it or not, you are always at choice. And there you have it. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Spirit Sherpa, and we will talk to you next time. 
Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under a Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to www.creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up for or get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to www.kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions with post-production by Christopher Wright. Into my home and my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing? But you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.